Welcome to the How Do You View You podcast with your host Griffin Stein. Today we talk to Mrs. Palmer at Gratitude Enrichment, speaking on faith, religion, and just doing right by people. Enjoy. I'm Galia Roberts Palmer, and I'm the proprietress of Gratitude, an Afrocentric gift shop in Richmond. Market Square. Market Square Mall. Because most people don't know that this is even still alive over here. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Directly across from Kaiser, it's just a wonderful place uh, right here on Harbor Way between McDonald and Nevin. Yes. Next to the new, is that new? The burrito place? Hacienda Grill is on the corner. Right. It's been there for a few years. Yeah, after they took out, I think, the old Popeyes. I remember that. Yes, yes, yes. So, gratitude. What? What do you want to happen with gratitude? I, I see you have the, the the bags with the inspirational quotes, the chew sticks, the black soap, the figurines. Is it to enrich Richmond, or is it just a calling? Or oh, it's really it is a ministry, mm. um, and gratitude is about showing your thanks, your gratefulness. Um, you know, it's like I am truly grateful, as Hezekiah says, um, of everything. And um, it's just to put those words that we say, the words say that we learn on Sunday, the words that we're reading in scriptures and mantras that we're saying, not only just that the words that we're speaking, but we see them and then they become a part of us. It's like all of these inspirational things are to remind us to give thanks. Every day. Every moment. Every moment. moment, You know, it's like, you know, God putting me here is just a miracle Mm. in itself and saying, you know, and I want to shout to the world, but of saying, you know, not just do I want to say I'm grateful, but I want you to have things around that shows that you're grateful for others. Um, that we have things in our community that not only shows, uh, you know, we have the churches and things, but we actually have a place um, in our community where we can go buy spiritual things, uh, religious things, things that just um, show our gratefulness. And you say it was a miracle. So is there like a trials and tribulations and stuff that happened that... <laughs> You know, it, it's just, it, it's basically just life, living life. Yeah. Um, hey, saying I've made it this far. And, you know, as most people can say, it, I should have been dead mm. so many times, not just from others, but things that, um, situations that I'd put myself into growing up. And, you know, it's by the grace of God that... Um, you know, I made it through. And I always say, you know, I was walking down the street and God just snatched me and said, you know, stop the foolishness. <laughs> just stop it, okay? Now, come on, take my hand and let me show you what you're going to do. Okay. And he placed me here. And, um, you know, through talking to people in the community, asking them what they'd like to see in their shops, um, you know, aside from the inspirational, the figurines and the angels and the books and things, this, it, it kind of morphed from what people said that they wanted, they wanted. in their store. Yeah, I and, the Afrocentric, the, I yeah. bought one of these. And yeah, 
I mean, because we started out by just saying, you know, we were an inspirational shop. You know, we were just a shop to spread gratefulness. And it's like, you know, kind of like, well, you really need a little bit more than that. And it was like, well, since I always keep a dashiki in the window, let's just say I'm the Afrocentric shop because I also, amongst other things, want you to know that I am a black woman. I am an American black woman yeah. in this business, you know. Did you feel anything like like being a, a black woman trying to do it? I know Richmond it doesn't have that kind of a, well, I don't know. I actually don't know. I'm not a woman. So <laughs> is there any? For, for me, what I felt is I wanted to really, I kind of wanted to do two, uh, mm. several things here. I wanted to differentiate myself uh, from other Afrocentric businesses um, and say, for me, Afrocentric is a term that American blacks use more so. And so I wanted people to understand that I am an American black woman in business selling Afrocentric things. I am not an African woman from Africa. And so I really wanted to to, to differentiate that and to let people know that because a lot of times people come in, oh, you know, they're, they're so used to African women. Selling, yeah. Selling it. So I wanted to know, no, 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 no. You know, I am an American black woman, you know, because they always say, well, what are you? You know, are you from, from Africa or from Nigeria? It's like, no, baby. I'm an American black woman, and this is where my history is. Yeah, yeah. And I have to be proud of that and say, you know, this is where I stand, and I am, you know, from the community. I've raised my family here, and, you know, I've lived here some 20-plus years, and I'm proud of it, and I'm proud to be a part of it. And I wanted to have a business that showed that um, I was committed, that I have uh, hours that I keep, um, you know, that um, I do fair trade, and I work with people. So, um, you know, all of that is saying, and I want it to be a place, it, it, it's so hard to say it, but a place that you could trust. Mm. Because we have our own ideas about what it's like to do business with another sister or brother, another black person. Which, you know, that too is different from saying how we do business with an African or, um, you know, some other Middle Eastern person. Um, so, um, yeah, and I wanted to stand up for that and say, you know, this is not what you may think, that, you know, we're courteous, we're friendly, we're clean, you know, we have our merchandise, you know, we tell you what we don't have and what we can get for you because we also take special orders mm. on things. And you from here and I am from here <laughs> so you know I'm very uh, understanding of what's here and, and this is something that um, you know part of gratitude too I, I to me in not in gratitude itself I think but in as the ambiance is created it, in the part that I am responsible for, mm. because there's a spirit here that, you know, that's, 
this is God, but for me, I wanted to have something that I could go and feel safe, feel nurtured, feel inspired, um, have sense that tantalize me, and um, just just all those things. It was things that I wanted for myself. Yeah, and usually when you cater to yourself, people, other people really yes. gravitate toward that. Yeah, that's what we. That's really what we all want. Yes, everything you said is stuff that I want. Yeah, so. That is, that's very good. So what would you, uh, what is your plan for gratitude? Is, is, is gratitude exactly what you want it to be right now? Or is there something else you would like it to be? Oh, oh, I would like to see gratitude morph. Um, I'd like to see the plan in my mind from, you know, mine and mm. just saying, hopefully I'm, you know, um, working in line with the spirit is, I would see, like to see gratitude um, morph into something bigger where um, people learn jewelry making, mm. they learn about fabrics, they learn about not just purchasing things but learning the fundamental, um, uh, I guess the fundamental principles about why things are like, you know, I sell sage. But I don't just sell sage. I even have a little uh, informational sheet on how do you go about burning sage and what are you doing with it, you know. And for me, I always tell people, you can buy sage, you can burn incense, you can do all of this stuff, jump up and down and holler three times, but you always have to pray. I mean, just burning and, you know, saying some words and there being no prayer um, that that's a a, 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 a mute exercise, you know, and that I, I definitely try and share with people that, you know, that's just kind of like ice cream on the cake after you've, you know, said the prayers mm. and, and said and always making sure that you're praying for thy will be done and not your will because so often we get caught up in the saying, you know, I want to burn this and, you know, I want to do this to get something out of my life or to bring finances in instead of saying but you know what am I doing to be in the will to uh, attract those things they forget that they forget that and it, then it becomes the ritual instead of the, the yes gratitude and the, instead yeah. of the gratitude yeah. of saying you know I thank you for if you don't do another thing else for me Lord <laughs> I'm thankful for this day I'm thankful for what you have done up to now for this moment I am yours mm. to do with as you will. Is, is, your, is your church in Richmond or is it, do you go to church in Richmond? My church is all over. Oh, it's all over. That's yes. Good. So do you minister or do you, you just visit churches as the spirit pushes? You know, I, I always tell people I go to different churches. I've been Baptist, you know, as we're saying, you know, I've been members of Baptist, uh, Kojic churches, uh, Science of Mind. Um, I find for me how the Spirit leads me when I need to hear a message, and I can be driving to one church specifically, and he'll say, pull over on the side of the road, and this is where I want you to go, because the message that I need to hear and the people that I need to fellowship is there, so I don't get caught up for me, uh, in the doctrine of any 
different religion. Um, mine is more about the spirit in in being in love and going where it's needed because that's where I will get fed or I'll have a message that someone else needs to hear. Faith is scary. So how does faith find you? How does, how do you let go? How did did you let go and learn? (laughs) How did you learn to be that, that, that float? How did you learn? crying and screaming (laughs) it's because for so long you know I think from as a child we are as we're growing up people have their ideas and they tell us to do certain things to behave a certain way that we should want certain things in order to be fulfilled and I found um, doing it other people's way didn't work for me um, I, you know, I was telling my granddaughter the other day, I still see myself um, sometimes as a 12-year-old mm-hmm. skipping and chasing butterflies. I believe in my heart, regardless of what else is going on in the world, that our spirits are pure. They want nothing but love. Uh, to unite and fellowship with others and just to be joyous. But when we try to obtain these man-driven goals, that that's when we find the most um, friction and challenges in our lives. Yeah. It's certain ignorant people that... Mm-hmm don't want to deal with you, you but you know you might have to mm-hmm. well you know you should because <laughs> they need help also how 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 do you get those people those types of people to believe in gratitude and you, just your opinion just how would you think to me um let me give you my spiritual answer on Mm. here is I feel that that we are all like I said from our soul I think it's good and it's pure I think from living life we get tainted we get hardened whether it's from infancy of neglect or no affection and you know however it stems in our life and so many things happen to all of us uh, that we just get hardened and it's not that we become hateful but more I want to say and we use the word hateful a lot but I think it's just being spiteful because we've been hurt, um, we want to hurt others. Or we think that that's what we're supposed to do. Or we're supposed to get our stuff and not worry about you having yours. It, it's, it's that. But I think as we open our hearts more and we truly walk the walk that we talk, 
it will put out a different vibration and instead of us speaking human to human, man to man, that when we speak more spirit to spirit and we really recognize the spiritual being that you are rather than just acknowledging your physicalness, that it changes things. I truly believe that. But it would take almost, for this hardened person, it would take more than one person. It would have to be, because they say birds of a feather. So flock together, yeah. So I was thinking if you, example, I walked up to a guy and I was like, hey man, how you doing? What you mean, how I'm doing? I'm, I'm like, how are you feeling at this moment? How are you doing? He was like, oh man, I'm sorry. He said, these niggas out here. I said, we are these niggas out here. I said, Just, you can't be that way. And he, we, he shook my hand. We exchanged numbers and everything. It's just, it was just, I was just really asking him how he was doing. So yeah. I, that, so it, it, it goes to what you're saying. It, you just speak to him and let, let him know, I'm not trying to hurt you, but in these streets though yeah that's weakness but but it, you know what but it's not just these streets i think it's it, it's everywhere in these streets mm. and it's all of us that we become defensive when people speak to us or they ask a question because it's like oh are you going to ask something from me whether it's my money, my time, you know, to give me something or we, 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 we just don't, we don't speak to each other lovingly. I mean, you know, let me just say, I grew up in the South and when I grew up, even though I knew my neighbors and I lived in the projects, mm. um, but everybody on my block I was accountable to. Wow. I mean, it was the kind of thing where they could whip my butt, call my mom, and then she'd whip my butt. You got a second one coming. Yeah. I mean, but that was what was expected. Mm. My mom expected them to let her know if I let anybody in the house when she was gone, mm. or um, if I said something. I mean, I can't even imagine disrespecting anybody. Uh, I mean, definitely not an adult, but mm. if, if I would say a curse word, say, that my mom would find out. It, there was a different standard in living. It's like when I had my kids and walking down the street, and I still do it now, I always nod my head when I see a brother or sister. It's a hello, but it's also a signal that, hey, I'm okay. You okay? You know, hey, I I, I, I acknowledge you, you know, and we have to, to me, do more of that, of saying, you know, we're not against each other, that we're all for each other, and we have to lift each other up, because I can't make it unless you make it. Um, That's true. You know, my salvation is dependent on yours. You know, we say God, but... I believe that God's in all of us. We are part, and it's us connecting and saying, "Hey, you know, let me 
help you out. Let me do this. What what can I do? And so often, you know, we think in order to do anything that it takes money. Um, but it doesn't. I think that if we really looked at teaching a man to fish, um, one of the things that I've noticed, you know, nowadays, young guys don't know the skills. They don't know how to work on cars, you know. Uh, people don't know how to do alterations. They, they don't, don't know how that. to sew. They don't know how to put a button on. And, you know, it's like simple little things like that. It's like I've had uh, bead beading classes at the shop, but it was like beading was something that we did. We learned automatically. You know, we learned how to whittle. I mean, just... Whittle. I, I know people are thinking, whittle, what's whittle? Yeah, yeah. Whittle is like making your own walking stick and, yeah, and yeah. Uh, engraving your own design. Well, maybe and, we did whittle. You we know. made slingshots. Yes. So See that, that, that? Yes, but that, that was that was like a that was something that you did growing up. That was part of what you did. Um, and there are a lot of basic things in taking care of ourselves that we don't do anymore. I mean, I grew up. Everybody who, who had a house or had a yard, we all had colored green trees in them. You know, it's like. You know, how we watch when the stores go on strike, which is about time for that to happen again, um, that we realize that we're at the mercy of the grocery chains. And they know it. That's why they can charge what they want because we're not growing anything. Nobody. You know. Well, my cousin, I did a podcast with her. She's in, She's from Richmond, but she's uh, in Oakland now. She yes. went to all of her neighbors that had extra yard and bartered for really? the yard. All right. Yeah, so she's doing peas and beans, and it's a trinity that you can grow them in small spots because one needs to be close to the ground, one needs yes. to have shade, yes. something. I yes, know, yes, I yes. But, yeah, she's doing it. And then I thought, I was like, it should be a grocery store in North Richmond. It should be mm-hmm. that type of a thing. A long time ago, it was a co-op. Yes. Yeah, up the street. I remember it was a co-op where, so does a co-op mean people own it that works there, or is it a co-op meaning with the community? Okay. It could be both. Oh, okay. Um, But it's the people who own the store. Usually, it's the workers who invest in it because, remember, they have to buy the merchandise. So they get a share of that, and they get a share of the profit. Um, Some of the places where um, some community co-ops, it's like everybody will bring, say, whatever they're growing in their garden and trade off. It's like I have a couple lemon trees, and, you know, I grow greens, Mm -hmm. and I have chard, so I would bring that and say, you're growing corn, and somebody else is growing tomatoes, and then we just, I mean, so we'd always have what what, what we needed. Yeah. I was hoping, my hope is that something like that can happen. It's, It's, um, I don't go to church. And truthfully, I don't believe in God the way people believe in God. When you say that God is in, I see God in you. I yes. see God in my brother. I see God. I don't look up to see God. 
I look around. You know, one of the things, and honestly, one of the things about gratitude that I love is like, as one would say, it's not allied with any sect, denomination, or yes. religious, whatever. Um, and I have things in here on Scientology. I have things on Buddhism, Taoism, Sufism, um, Christianity from Catholic to, you know, I have different versions of the Bible. Yeah. There are so many versions. Yeah. I mean, that I have all of this because I want people to understand that religion is, it's another way that separates us. You know, and it makes it so that, oh, if you're not accepting it the way I am, then you can't be a part of this. It's like some, when, they, when you go to the churches, they give you this pamphlet of what we believe in. But you know what? I believe in God. I believe God's in me, and I believe that I am growing in love each day because that is what I am seeking. Because at some point, I feel that my barriers and my biases will dissolve mm. if good. I stay on that path. Yeah. I mean, seeking you shall find. So that's what I'm seeking because, mm. you know, I've seen love in a lot of different ways. And, and I think that that's part of what our problem is, too, is how we define love. You know, oh, <laughs> you know, but but I'm seeing, but the way that we experience it in life, and I can tell you the way I've experienced it in my life, um, from people close and not so close, from people who profess to be saints, it's like it's been very intrusive and very hurtful and very uh, exclusive, and I wasn't the one included. Mm. Um, you know, or I had to jump through hoops because it was so conditional that it's like even, 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 you know, some of the religions will tell you, you know, in order to be accepted, you've got to do this or not do this. And it's like, you know, when I read all of the great literatures and I love reading, especially old, um, old spiritual texts and even old religious texts, the greatest thing in any of them is telling me to love, but it also tells me to help my fellow man and to do good. And doing good means helping you from a place of hurt or a place of lack and giving you whatever I can with no thought of myself and go on and let that be. I mean, it doesn't say I have to come see you every day or be in your business or any of that other yeah, stuff. So, money. yeah, so, you know, part of it, I, I am still, you know, in this place of, say, of growing and understanding what it truly is. I understand that love is patient, love is kind, and, you know, it always protects and trusts. I understand about... First Corinthians 13, you know, 4 through 8. I understand all that. But it's a different thing when you are living and being around so many people who 
profess love and you have to sit back and say but mm, no if that's it that's not that's not what I'm looking for um, you know and it's funny because I, I watched this um, oh, what's the guy who played on um, Driving Miss Daisy Morgan Freeman. Freeman he does this 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 special called uh, the story that. of yeah. God in one of the religions that he did a couple weeks ago and I had to think to myself gosh you know if they had a place I you know I, I really like what they're talking about but they're like a um, they take in all the religions and they're like a culmination of all and bring it down to loving my brother man that's their basic premise that's it and it's just saying you know that's what we're doing our best to do is walk in love and how do you how do you do it and for me it's saying it has to be more than what I'm reading more than what I'm saying it has to be more than what I'm doing it has to be an inherent part that just permeates my being to come out where I give no thought to it. And I think as we all can move to those places where we're not just repeating mantras, repeating prayers, and just move from that thought where we're so full of it that it just comes out. It spills out and shares everywhere. Yes. But so how do you deal with people with a misdefinition of it do because some of them people you can't tell you can't tell you can't tell and you have to understand it's I don't think it's my job it, it's not mm. it's not my job to no, tell I, I that is that. part of to me that's the sovereignty of God I mean if I believe that God wrote my whole history out before I was ever born. He's done the same with you and everybody else. He knows our thoughts. He knows our hearts. Um, and I say he because that's what what I learned to say, you know, but it's he, she, it, however you want to define it. That just works for me. Um, but I, I think that we're all going to have different experiences in our lives that make us question that love. Just like certain things happen that make us question God's existence. Um, and if, you know, there are some people that go around and they've got this life where actually nothing bad's ever happened to them. Mm. Yeah. I mean, there are few. <laughs> yeah. Most of us, for, for some reason, I, I, you know, and this is a strange thing because I've thought about this one. For some reason, as black people, we seem to have had more hurt and more tragedy and more heartbreak and all of this than others. But there's another group of people um, in I'm beginning to see this with some younger people that have never had um, harmful things happen to them. And, and, and that's, 
that's an interesting thing because I did have a young girl ask me, it's like, you know, everybody goes to God and they want to repent and they want to do this. She goes, but I'm cool. I've never, you know, and sometimes you have to say it doesn't happen to everybody during childhood. Sometimes it comes, the tragedy comes later in life. And that's where they have to get on their knees. So I don't know, you know, everybody has their, It'll happen to everybody at their own time. Mm-hmm. They they will get their recognition and make their peace with their God, because you know we're cursing people out and saying you know, you know why did this happen? Why did this happen? You know in our mind we're saying you know God why did this happen? Why did this happen? Um, you know why me? Why me? And that's why some people don't believe. That's that's their sole argument. And why would a God let this happen? Yeah. Why would he let this happen to me? Yeah. So. But but I think, too, as I've lived, too, I've realized that some of the harmful, hurtful things that have occurred in my life have made me so much better, although I couldn't see it at the time when mm-hmm. I was going through it. You couldn't tell me this would benefit me. <laughs> <laughs> but now I can see where... It's made me um, more confident. It's made me stronger. It's, um, oh, God, it's made me into the person that I am, where I can feel good and say, you know, I am so thankful that I'm at this point in time in my life that I'm not bitter, that I am joyous. This is the best time of my life because you know, I'm no longer walking around asking why, why, why. It's like, you know, Lord, it it just is. Now, what can I do from here and move forward where this particular event um, will help me to help somebody else? The, the, the funny, not funny, but the thing is, perspective is a, is a perspective is it. Perspective can make you the glass half empty has full. The, the the car is on flat, but you just missed the wreck. It's, it's perspective. And I think if you actively think positively, then I, I think that walk in love would be easier. But it's just so many people that little things, little things, they they they, they cry out. I'm like, it's it's a football game. Yes. What are you <laughs> <laughs> Why are you crying? Why are you so hurt? It's a. I just don't. I don't, I, I don't understand I, all of that. I know, and f- I also know that we take a lot of things personally that I just should. They just shouldn't be. I mean, you know, if somebody looks at us the wrong way, we think, oh, they they are dissing me or. They didn't like something about me. It's a whole dialogue. That and runs and it's a whole yeah. dialogue and that runs through your mind. And, you know, I try and tell people it's your mind. You know, your mind will drive you. Your mind will drive you crazy. That's what makes you crazy. Yeah. And I try and tell people we're all bipolar. I mean, <laughs> you know, because we, we wishy-washy and up and down. But it, the, the perspective part, I, I think we need to enlarge that. And the enlargement part is to experience more things beyond our normal day-to-day, go places where we wouldn't go, 
be around people that we wouldn't normally be around. Um, read things that you wouldn't normally read. I, I think as we do that, we start realizing that other people are going through the same thing, only differently mm. in, in different d degrees. But by seeing them and saying, oh, um, they should be stronger, it makes us look back and say, how did we react when we were going through that? And it makes us go, oh, you know, and start getting some um, stability and some uh, discipline um, with our emotions. Because we let, I, I think we, we, we become, we, we're just too emotional about some things. You know, and that that is to our um, our detriment. That we have to show up and say, let us be consistent in this and this, and understand that you know this is going on now, but tomorrow is a new day, and this too shall pass. Mm -hmm. um, and I can tell you, most of the things that I fretted about and cried about and da 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 da. They passed, and it, it didn't have. It didn't turn out the way I thought, or if it turned out worse than I thought, it was in such a way that it, there was an out that came. You know, another alternative that came up that I didn't know existed. That said, oh, even though this is bad, but look, you could do this, and it it made it better. So it it made me realize. Um, that yeah, just because you're boohoo and boohoo, and a lot of time I'll say we react a lot the way other people say we should, rather than it being an actual authentic reaction from ourselves. Like people say, "Oh, you're sad. You should be crying," or, um, you know, you got hurt, so you should run here and do that. I mean, I lived. Many years had never gone to the doctor. You mm. got hurt. They put some Mercurocom on, and <laughs> <laughs> you know you were lucky if you got a Band-Aid. I mean, but yeah, otherwise it was yeah. like, yeah, okay, stop your crying and go on. It, I, I've, um, I grew up like right there on uh, Easter Hill. They call it. I don't know what it's called now. They changed all the names, and, stuff. Mm -hmm. and it's a lot of dudes my age. I just turned forty-five. They're selfish. They're really, I mean, they're on, some of them are on drugs and doing things that you didn't think as kids we would, anybody would be doing. Because we, we saw it. Why would you do this? And you see them. You're on the same thing. It's just people are so selfish and they, they think it's your responsibility to take care of. I, I, don't, I don't know what that new thing is. Or is it new? You know what? I, I was listening to you talking about, um, oh, wow, well, listening to you saying growing up on Easter Hill and uh, being 45 and seeing the, the, the guys around. It's like, you know, when I grew up, uh, we knew who the drug addicts were. I mean, but we would take them and say, okay, you know, get out the middle of the street and we'd put them and take them and sit them on the porch. Mm. and. You know, okay, now you go on home, and, you know, we know that they would do whatever. But they weren't hurtful. We no. weren't afraid of them. No. no one was robbing and stealing and killing. Oh, that's um, 
But they weren't. I mean, and those who were on the drugs, when I think back, we understood that they were hurting and that they needed, I mean, there was never a time when they didn't know that they were loved, that we cared wow. for them. I mean, it was, that was what we were supposed to do. Oh, I saw the rise of crack and what it did to people. I saw what it did to Whitney. Believe me, that hurt. Um, and you go, no, 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 but it did. But part of that also had to do and I always tell people, you know, you guys look at raises and think raises are you're actually getting more money to be able to do more things. You don't because just as you get raises, the man knows that you got the raise, so he's going to raise the rent because he knows you got more money, which means you'll need to go buy more money to buy stuff that you wanted that raise to buy, so you got to find some alternative method. I mean, I look at people now, they have their regular jobs, then they're doing Uber, they're doing Grubhub, they're doing, and it's like, for what? You know, and then they're, oh, but we're going to be able to take a vacation. But it's like, look, you're sick, you're tired, and it's like, it's insane. I don't think it's going to stop. People, like you said earlier, there's these rules that man put on us, and people think they have to achieve. If it's a house, or if it's two cars and a dog and the, the five point the two point three children yes and then you aspire to do that but you're not given the same tools as the man yes and you struggle your whole life yes and then you get payday loans mm-hmm. 36 percent never gonna pay you're never gonna uh, catch 36 30 percent that's a low rate <laughs> <Is it> low? <laughs> She never could pay it back. I just don't. But that's the same. But once you get into that, you can't. You can't. You there is, and it's like I look because I find that we black people are caught up in that more than anything, and that's why you find in our neighborhoods the payday loans. They take the loan on your car, whatever you got, you know, and you can't pay it back. And they don't want you to pay it back because they don't want you, you know, it's like, how can I say it? They're just um, keeping the cycle going. Get the little bit of money and then keep it. Keeping the cycle going. It's like, you know, there's this book, uh, The Miseducation of the Negro. Um, And, you know, I I can say, I want to say it's by Carla G. Woodson. and I guess if I look over there, I'd find it right quick. But if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. But um, it, it's how, you know, we thought with integration and all of this stuff that we would have a better life, that it would propel the Negro race into hopefully uh, middle class because, you know, we've always been hardworking people. But they even have things in corporate America that uh, they tell the execs, they expect us to work harder. They expect us to wait longer for the raises, the promotions. I mean, you know, those are part of uh, some executive management training programs. So it's like, and they own the property. 
So, you know, it, it's like things that happen. I don't see I don't see anything that's really happening now to change our plight from where we are. Um, we don't learn about budgeting in school. We don't learn about property ownership. We don't learn about managing, uh, managing businesses nor people. I mean, so, you know, there's a lot of things that we don't learn, and they don't encourage, we're not encouraged to be creative. And that's one of the things that um, that I look, that, that I know has to change because I don't see where we encourage our children to express their creativity and applaud it. We do things and if other people applaud it, we go, oh, okay, he's good, yeah. Then we kind of say he's good, but otherwise, no. You know, and then the things where we are good, it's like, well, you'll be good there anyway. You know, I expect us to sing, to dance. Those are things that we do. Yeah, I mean, we've done that singing because we couldn't, you know, that was how we talked in the fields. I, it's, it's, it's a slave mentality because you, you tell people you're doing something, they don't understand it or they're ignorant of it. They'll yeah. say, why? Why are you doing that? Or it's no encouragement. Not no encouragement. There is encouragement, but it's, like you said, for children. They, they're encouraged if they say, uh, giving fingers. They're giving fingers, everybody laughing. What a child? What do you think a child's going to do? He's going to keep that behavior up because that's what made mama laugh. Yeah. So it, it is a slave mentality, but I, my aim is to try to find a way to either break through it. So I guess it was going back to the, the church thing. I thought churches, even though I don't go, but I would. Even though I don't believe in God like that, I would go to church if there was a church that had all the things you were talking about. If they had line dance classes so people could lose weight. Uh, mind, body, and soul. If they had uh, anger management classes. They had a, a on-site um, psychologist. A lot of these people think this mental health is <laughs> a game. So you need to get in there and figure out what it is to heal. Wait, see now, wait a minute. For me, and, and, and so I would stop saying for me, understand everything I'm saying is from my perspective mm. and that's it. Yeah. Because I've also seen some people whom we say have mental health problems, they don't. However, they have checked out and decided, you know what, I'm gonna kind of live in this other world because I can live here and you'll take care of me. Yeah, However, if I don't put on this front or this facade or tell you that I'm hearing voices, you'll tell me I need to get out and get a job. And I don't wanna do that stuff and become that kind of slave because that would truly drive me crazy. So I'm just gonna live here in my own little world and everything is good. Think it's people like that? Mm-hmm. Yes. That's. I scary. mean, I, I mean, it's a scary thought that someone would choose to do that. However, there are those 
who for whatever reasons have decided that life can be a bit harsh and work a bit much especially having to have somebody tell you what to do and you got to be there and be there all day take a 30 minute lunch you know and a 10 minute break here and there if you're lucky if you're lucky lucky. and they're just like I don't want to do that Mm. that just that really hurts them that really would cause them some mental pain because they would have to be there some see some of us we learned early how to (coughs) keep quiet and not say everything that we're thinking and then there are others that to do that would repress them so much i mean they would have to repress so much of them that they would really go crazy crazy. (laughs) so in order not to get themselves in that situation they know that you have this other system over here that if they say they can't deal with things and just tell you some little sightings that they may have had you'll (laughs) say that they've got some mental issues and as long as they come see you once a week they can get their check every month they say hey i can do that from personal living i have relatives that have taken that path where um i have one who was in the military and every now and then he'll check himself into the little psych ward up there at the va hospital and tell him he's having an episode and that kind of gets them to update his chart that he could still get stay on disability and you know and then he comes out and he parties and does whatever and you know does his drugs and that it's like saying, well, I'm not doing anything else. So since I've got this little altar world going, I may as well go ahead and get in there. And yet they get lost in there and can't get back. I believe that. Um, but, uh, you know, that that's, that's how, that's the choice that they've made to live their life for now. And we're trying to help when we try and help everybody, and everybody don't want help. So when do you say? Or you try and say, oh, what you're doing is wrong, so let me help you stop it. And it's like you see it as wrong, and they see it as necessary. When do you step back? Once they say it, or do you try anyway? And then once they're not receptive to what you're trying to do, well, once you try to force your way on them, do you just step back or just wait for them to call you? I try not to force my way on anybody because mm-hmm. what may have worked for me may not work for you. And my revelation uh, was to- is totally different from yours. And I don't know what your path holds. And I don't know why you have to go through what you're going through, but I always feel that we go through stuff not for our own good, but so that we can be compassionate and empathetic with another. Um, Because we will come into contact with another person who has gone through that same thing, and we're going to need to be able to encourage them. I got people that 
I'm close to, and I'm trying to figure out. It's like you asking me for help, but you only want help so you can go buy more stuff. Oh, I've had people ask for help for say they wanted food, and you go out and buy the food, come to the house, deliver it, and they're upstairs in bed. And we're talking young people. When I say young, they're say 25 and you're bringing food there and you go let them know oh okay I got the food you know the car is food and I went and got groceries and stuff and they in bed and they want you to bring the food up to them where the kids don't even come help you and it's like you know what you don't want it that much so let me tell you what let me tell you where you could go get the food next time because yeah. look I'm not the one. <laughs> I'm not the one. <laughs> yeah, and you know, and then you know, and then they cry. Oh, nobody will help me. Yeah, and then you feel a little guilty. Well, you feel a lot guilty. I know I do. Yeah, yeah, but I, I had to get I had to get over that of saying, you know what? I'm much older than you, and I've been through that time too. Um, but you got to help yourself. But that is all manipulation. And it's manipulation, yeah. and they sit and woe is me, woe is me, and it's like, you know what? What are you doing to help yourself? If it was a bag of weed or a new Jordan, they would go, they would find mm-hmm. money. Mm-hmm. And I've seen that. That's why I, I, but it's hard not to care. No, I care, and I care deeply, and it, um, it hurts deeply mm. to, to see that. A person has to learn. And when I say learn, it's not just learning. It's not just learning how to go about day-to-day life in this world, but it's also learning how to find, how to follow your spirit. And one thing that I have, that I've realized is that, you know, we, we, we talk about people following God and people having religion and stuff. I don't think people really know themselves. They haven't taken the time to know themselves. And when I say themselves, I'm not meaning that I like my favorite color is blue no. and I'm five, six, because all that's, that's physical. And, you know, we all know that that's going to pass. But I mean their spirit, what it means when they've got that little rumble in their stomach not meaning that you're hungry but meaning that the situation that you're going into is not quite right or knowing when your spirit speaks to you when God's speaking to you how to take hold of that and say you know nobody else may understand why I'm moving this way but you do and this is where you're leading and I gotta go Mm. I can leave my family my friends and the car behind you know and um I gotta go. So, for people that may be listening, could their spiritual journey start here with you? Do you would you consider yourself a soul directioner or? I'm a soul seeker. Seeker. Yes, I, I mean. But I, like I said, I don't lead you or I don't guide you. That that all comes from, okay. okay um, but to have it open up 
and to have you open up and open up your mind and open up your heart to possibilities and to say, you know what? It's worth the journey. There was a quote I used to have on, um, on my tagline, and it used to be, would you believe what you believe if no one else believed it? If you were, no, would you believe what you believe if you were the only one who believed it? Wow. You know who that quote's by? Kanye West. Oh, I was going to say. No, Kanye. Wow. And um, I think when I read that, it's like my spirit, that spoke to my spirit so that it was like, you know what? You can walk because if I'm the only one who believes it and I'm wrong, that's on me. If I'm the only one who believes it and I'm right, I'm going to a place that y'all won't be there, but it'd be, it, it's okay because I don't, you know, it's like, (laughs) you know, but it's like some people feel, well, I don't want to go there alone, so let me believe what everybody else believes so we'll be together. Well, I'm not that kind of a person. I am, I am, I feel I'm real clear on me. But you know, that's the world now. Like, this ain't even the same realm as what you're talking about, but I was in a room full of people that told me that, the lady from Amen, mm-hmm. the Anna Marie Horsford, she was in Friday also, was the little girl from What's Happening, Danielle Spencer. No. I was surrounded by pe- everybody saying, this was before internet and yes. everybody could look it up. And I was the only one. I said, these are two different people. Nobody believed. And I was like, I can't, I just had, I had this, I think y'all wrong. Yes. And I don't think I ever told anybody See, I told you. See, I told you because I don't have to. I knew what I knew. Yes. And then you just got to walk in it. And I, know. I know that's not a spiritual thing. No, but, no. But, you know, but, yeah. but I think people have gotten so caught up in and I had a discussion with um, my granddaughter the other day. And I know it's hard when you're young because you want to fit in. And it was one of those things of <clears throat> if you know that this is what you're supposed to do and you feel that this is how you're being led, you don't have to go ask all your friends and what you think about it. Should I do it? I mean, I've had a friend, we were talking about, I don't know, something about who had the best crab sandwich or something. And she was like, well, everybody agreed that, you know, it's this place except you. And it was like, well, go with everybody else. You don't have to come with me. I'm fine. You know? I like this crab sandwich. <laughs> yeah. But, but, and, and that just got me and it stays with me of, See, this is why I don't, when people go, don't you just bounce stuff off friends? It's like, you know, a lot of people, and I want to tell, look, if I'm crazy, and I'm saying we all are to a certain extent, so think about my friends, you know what I mean? And they going with the loudest <laughs> talker or whatever, the group, yes. so the group decided that. Yeah, and so I've, I've never been one, and I've been really blessed that I think God prepared me for this place specifically for this time is because a lot of those offices and the places where I worked, I used to be the only one. I'd be like the office manager and it'd be a one-person office. And so I was used to like being disciplined and getting stuff in order, knowing what I had to do. And I usually had a home office in another state that I had to answer to. So it's a lot 
just like this, you know, saying, okay, you know, you just come in and yeah. you come in here when you're supposed to, do what you're supposed to, and go on. But it's not something, you know, people, oh, well, don't you get sad being there by yourself? No, I can entertain myself. Man. You That's know, I... I mean, it's great being in here because I put on audiobooks. You know how many audiobooks YouTube has? I mean, things I've thought about, you know, and it's like there are more books than you can read, but with the time here, you can listen. I just downloaded my first one. It, it, they were free, so I'm listening to the A Secret Garden. Yes. Yes. Yeah, so. And have you heard, read The Alchemist? No. Oh, okay. I have to give you the alchemist before you leave. Oh, okay. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. I mean, it, but, but it, 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 it's, you know, it, it's such a classic. And people usually read it, you know, and then they go, oh. But, it, but it's like, you know, of so many of the things that we're looking for, it's right in our backyard. And we've come full circle in life back to here. But along the way, we learned so much. You know, that prepares us to appreciate and be grateful for what we have. Yeah, so by the time we get back, it's like, oh, there you are. Yes. All I want right now is a farm. Okay. That's all I want. And that's what we did as slaves. But I want to raise my own meat. I want my own farm. And that's everything I'm doing now is steps to get to that point. Yeah, but see. I don't know. Yeah. If that's really what I need to do, but that's what I want. No, if that's what you feel in your soul, but I think doing it as slaves is not the same as oh. making the choice now, no, because there, you know, as a slave, it wasn't even like you were doing it; like you had a choice of whether or not to do it. Oh, it was done at their whim, um, and you know. But now it's like feeling, oh, I want to take these animals and nurture them and have them multiply and, you know. Put my fingers in there. Yes. You know, and and having land that, you know, I can. But there is still something, too, that you're craving. And I think a lot of us crave, too, who live in the city as being into nature, tilling the soil with our hands because, that's something inherently that we do and when you read a lot of the older texts uh spiritual religious whatever they talk about man touching the earth in that connection that he feels when he does it there's something about it that soothes our soul um it's like we came from the earth we go back to the earth and taking care of it now it just it's like there's something satisfying about it there's something satisfying about it you know like people who garden they have a totally different temperament than people who just live in the city i mean i know people oh i can't go to the beach because oh all that water there and you know oh no i i don't do it or I go, do you hike? Oh, no, that's too much walk. I just stay in. The, and there are some people who have not gotten off the cement pavement ever in their lives. You know, they look at going to Muir Woods as going to the jungle. There's too many bugs. It's, it's yes. this, it's that. That's you. So, it's all you. Yeah. 
Yeah, and it's like, no, if you go out there and you hear the whisper, you can close your eyes and you can see how the leaves connect with the birds and just everything. There was something someone told me a, uh, a few years ago and I started paying attention. It's like everything's created has a vein in it from when you're looking at, you know, things in on the floor, when you're looking at leaves, they all have little veins. It's, it's like they're all supposed to connect. It's like when you look at the giant redwood trees, you know one can't grow without another because they don't have deep roots, but they join. Their Can roots join, oh, yes. And it's like, that made me look at them, I mean, now I look at them in awe of saying, God, look how magnificent you are. And you all are like joining hands and under the earth and nobody, yes, yes. And supporting each other and feeding off each other when one needs more nurture, no more, more nutrients and stuff. So the others sacrifice. Yes. And think what it'd be like if we could do that. At one point we were connecting and supporting and helping each other. We'd give each other rides to work. You know, it didn't need Uber. We were Uber. Yeah. We'd take, you know, it's like, oh yeah, she goes here, be here, you know, and we, we did all that. And now we look and go, oh no, he's gonna hurt me, or da 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 da. And, you know, we look at each other as, with fear. The enemy, yeah. And Y'all we are, it, it's like, but that's been so perpetrated by the media, television, you know, and all of this stuff, and it's like we are not them, but we're believing it. It's it, it's funny because you, you hear things happen on the news, and you like, I hope that's not a black dude. I hope. That. Why do we have a joint no. care for that, and other races don't? No. They're not connected. You, like that. you know, I was talking. Um, I think it was Saturday. A woman stopped me in the parking lot, and she was saying, you know, the guy who. Uh, ram that truck into those eight people who yeah, he thought was Muslim. She goes, and he was one of us. It's like, so, and, and she was like, you know, like, what the hell? Excuse me, but what does he care if they're Muslim? What do you, it's like. You believe in the hype himself. Yeah. yeah. And it was like, what do we care? When you look at us and how we've been raised, it's like, basically, we've always been a loving, accepting, open-armed people, just, hey. Yeah. Just give us some love. Yeah. We ready for it. So, and and when I heard her, it's like I could hear that, oh, the incredulousness of it, you know, the stupidity of yeah. it, the, the unbelievableness of it, that he would do something like, and it's like, boy, you know, that's one time she said, boy, now I could just slap you upside your head. It's Three like or four family. times. Yeah. It's family. It's like, yeah. it's like, why did my brother do that? Yes. Yeah. And I don't, but nobody else has it. <laughs> I've never heard uh, a white person say, yeah, I don't know what's wrong with that guy. They don't even take responsive. I feel responsible. Yeah. I feel shame. Now we look, now we all look, I don't know if that's slave mentality. I don't know. I don't know a lot. But, but you know, and I think that that kind of says where we are. No matter how wrong we do, we still know that you're my brother, you're my sister, you're my son, that's you're my daughter. And we've always felt that need to say, let me correct you. And it's only in these times now with, you know, we always say with, let me just, with the younger folks who are growing up that, um, 
how can I say it, that distance themselves and they don't see the connection between yeah. me and them, um, that we, we have that time, but you still say, you know, baby, even though you're acting out and even, you know, you're still my baby, you're still my child, and I still love you, mm but what you're doing is wrong, and you're gonna suffer the consequences. And so we've had to take a more step back approach and feel that heartbreak again. Of saying, you know, and I hate turning you over to the man, but you just act too silly. So what would you want the outlying community to know? What, what would you tell them to expect when they come here? I think gratitude is one of the best kept secrets in most special places um, in Richmond. I think the ambience, the spirit, the soul of it um, is welcoming, inviting, nurturing, and I think you'd be pleasantly and amazingly surprised um, to see all the wares that's here. We've got the dashikis, the body oils, the incense, you know, your typical black products, but we've also got um, angels, inspirational cups, inspirational plaques. We've got art, um, you know, scarves, jewelry. Uh, there's so much more here, and, it, and it's a little place that it's nice and it's not cramped, but it's like you need to look in every kind of like nook and corner to see to find the gems. Yes, uh, we spoke earlier, uh, maybe maybe earlier this year. Uh, do you still plan on doing like a book club or a Bible study? Or I am. Um, I am looking to do a book club somewhere, probably toward the fall. Okay. Um, what I would like to do, and um, anybody interested, you know, let me know a day or a time that you think would work, um, is to do some um, maybe poetry slam. Wow. I I'd like to see... Uh, more writing um, and um, having like having people um, actually uh, present their work. Um, I many years ago I was part of the poetry workshop of Oakland and um, it was great. We self-published a bunch of stuff, um, so I learned about that. Um, we copyrighted, uh, we, you know, we had dues, you know, because we, we, we kind of spent off into little groups mm. in so that we could publish something, you know, because we did posters. We paid like 25 cents a week so we could raise money. We charged ourselves dues so we could raise so money yes. so we could do that. But it was nice being able to say, hey, as long as we have the money and, you know, we typeset it and we did it our, before the computers. Yeah. Um, but we did it ourselves. And it made us proud. And then, you know, we were able to go out and perform. And, hey, we were published writers. That sounds very good. Yes. I like the sound of that. 
Okay, so she's at Gratitude, a gift shop, 322 Harbor Way, Suite 1A, Richmond, California, 94801. You can leave her an email at Gratitude Showing, G-R-A-T-I-T-U-D-E-S-H-O-W-I-N-G at gmail.com. Gifts of faith, joy, hope, and love. Monday is by appointment, but every other day is 10 to 6, Saturday 10.30 to 6.30, close on Sundays, got to uh, take in your lordly uh, rejuvenation. Yes. Um, anything you want to leave people with and or something for the masses, just an inspirational word or anything? Mm-hmm. I'm looking at a plaque I have here that I, I think it means most to me. It says, let your dreams take flight and let your heart be the guide. Um, following our heart truly, there's no place that we can't go. And I, I think that we don't go as far as we should or could or would um, is because we become afraid and the thing is is that others are doing it afraid too but just know we have each other and we support each other and we can make it 